The Tapper Teacher Training is an annual retreat for homeschooling parents, a live in-person gathering that brings together heart-centered homeschoolers from all over the world for hands-on learning, community, connection, and fun. And I'd love to see you at Taproot 2024. We'll gather August 1st through 4th at a camp in Northeastern Ohio for a long weekend of engaging workshops, hiking and yoga, and personal reflection. Taproot gives everyone a chance to experience and practice singing, painting, and building main lessons in order to foster a deeper understanding of the hands-on, Waldorf-inspired approach. A team of experienced homeschoolers offer guidance rooted in each of their family's life to help bring you more joy to yours. This is our 18th year of offering this amazing experience. You can learn more at artofhomeschooling.com slash taproot2024. You're listening to the Art of Homeschooling podcast, where we help parents cultivate creativity and connection at home. I'm your host, Jean Miller, and here on this podcast, you'll find stories and inspiration to bring you the confidence you need to make homeschooling work for your family. Let's begin. Many years ago, when I attended what I think was the very first Waldorf homeschooling conference, the organizer started off by telling the audience of homeschooling parents that you can't do Waldorf at home. The line actually was, we all know you can't do Waldorf at home. The room went silent. There we all were in this cavernous gymnasium of a well-established Waldorf school, eager to learn about all the wonderful arts and main lesson blocks and stories that make up this approach so that we could enliven our homeschools, so that we could bring these wonderful activities home to our children. And we were all crushed. Some parents even walked out. That was almost 30 years ago, and today I am happy to say that Waldorf homeschooling is finally being accepted as a legitimate part of the Waldorf movement as a whole, finally. (laughs) And yes, as homeschoolers, looking at what Waldorf teachers do in a classroom doesn't always translate directly to the home environment. So how are we supposed to figure this all out? It's almost like translating a foreign language, I think. Home is not school. And the truth is, Rudolf Steiner created this method for a school with grade-level classrooms. In this episode today, I want to talk about how to translate the Waldorf method to the homeschool setting. I have lots of specific ideas to share all about how you can make the Waldorf curriculum more homeschool friendly so that you can create your Waldorf-inspired homeschool. 
Because the truth is, Steiner was asked to open a school in a very specific place at a particular time. It was post-World War I, and Europe was suffering both the economic and social impacts of a devastating war. Who knows what Steiner would have said if he were asked to create a curriculum for a homeschool setting. The general consensus in the Waldorf movement is that Steiner never intended to develop a method or really even start a movement. He was motivated to bring about renewal through education for children of factory workers in 1919. I think that's really important for us to keep in mind. And now, over 100 years later, most of us can sense this healing quality of this approach, and that really draws us in. So the question for homeschoolers then is this, how do we take a curriculum that was created for the classroom for grades one through eight and even into high school, how do we take that curriculum and translate it to a homeschool setting in such a way that it brings our homeschools alive and helps our children engage more with the learning and the lessons? Here you go. That's what we're talking about today. Ideas for how to make the Waldorf curriculum more homeschool friendly. So let's start with this. Think of your day in time buckets. So you have warm-up time, couch time for reading, table time, skills practice, afternoon activities, and free play time. For many of us, probably for most of us, not all, but for most of us, the morning is the best time for more structured lessons with the afternoon being available for more open-ended activities and unstructured time, free play. So you might ask yourself in thinking this through for your family, how long do we want our lesson time to be, right? How long do we want it to last? How long can my child or children sustain their attention? How long can I or how how long am I willing to devote to lesson time distraction free? Then you create a rhythm to your day by deciding what your time buckets are going to be. Here's an example of a simple table lesson rhythm. So you might start with a game to build connection, warmth, fun. And by the way, we have an entire masterclass on this inside the Inspired at Home membership community. So start with a game and then end your lessons with age-appropriate independent work. Starting in about second grade, for some children, for others, it's more like fourth or fifth grade, but at some point, homeschool kiddos often enjoy not having mom or dad sitting right next to them and being able to work independently, say on the chalkboard or in their own main lesson book or in a spiral notebook, work on a few math problems, copy work, reading, revising, or editing their sentences. So those are just some ideas for creating those time buckets and what that might look like at home. Next idea is to source teaching materials from a variety of places. Recognize that there are lots of places to find teaching materials. When my family started our homeschooling journey, there wasn't Waldorf curriculum or really much homeschool curriculum to purchase. 
Waldorf schools and teacher trainings didn't really welcome homeschoolers either. Material was hard to come by, but was often passed down from one homeschooling parent or homeschool-friendly teacher to another. These days, there's really the opposite challenge, right, of too many materials. But in either case, here are some great places to find wonderful teaching materials. First off, use library books. This is one of my favorites. I love looking in the children's section of the library for beautifully told stories. Don't forget to ask your local librarian for suggestions. They are a wonderful resource. I even use children's books for teaching history in middle school and high school. And what I would often say to the librarian is that I want a living story, a rich, well-told story. And I would often say, maybe even you might consider it to be more old-fashioned, like an older book (laughs) with a tried and true story as the foundation. Next, you can find some free resources online from the Waldorf Online Library, from Waldorf Teacher Resources, and Waldorf Inspirations. I'll be sure to link all of these in the show notes, which you'll be able to find at artofhomeschooling.com slash episode 120. There are lots of curricula available to choose from these days that you can purchase, as I mentioned, and all of these have pros and cons. If you're going to go the packaged curriculum route, here are a few tips that I really want you to keep in mind. First of all, know that you will never use the whole thing as is. It could range from you might use 30% of the curriculum you purchase, you might use 80%, 75%, somewhere in that range, but you're never going to use it exactly as it's written and you won't use the whole thing. So keep that in mind because it will help you to avoid the feeling that you're behind or you're not doing it right. Next is to remember that a packaged curriculum is really a comprehensive collection of possibilities. It is not a realistic plan. That is not what it's intended to be. So you still have to make key decisions and create your own plan. That's where I can help, by the way. So be sure to check out all that I offer if you're looking for guidance. And lastly, The best way to use curriculum, in my experience with my own children and all of the homeschooling parents that I have mentored through the years, is to use curriculum like reference material. So you've planned a block or a topic or a lesson, you've already chosen what that's going to be, and then you pull from the curriculum, you see what's in the curriculum about that topic or block and decide what you want to use from it. So find resources that meet your needs and your kids' needs, and don't worry about finding just strictly Waldorf resources either. You can look to homeschool mentors, support groups, and veteran homeschoolers to learn about reputable resources or resources that they have loved. And you can always Waldorfize any lessons. And there are lots of ways to do that, but basically it's by adding in more lively arts, the engaging lively arts, and including stories in the lessons. Next up, create a simple planning system that works for you. 
So perhaps you want to keep a planning binder with collections of ideas and resources for each block. That's what I did for years. I had a planning binder for a given year and it would have dividers in it that were block by block or month by month. You can keep notes on ideas for future blocks, either in your binder or in files that are labeled with block topics or subjects. And decide what blocks you want to do in which months. This is what I teach in my popular course called Plan It Out that's inside the Inspired and Home Membership community. Next idea is think of your family as your community. You can all learn together. One of the most frequently asked questions I get as a homeschool mentor coach is how to do Waldorf with multiple ages. I suggest starting with the idea that your whole family is the community. Rudolf Steiner asked the first Waldorf teachers in that very first school back in 1919 to aim for creating a sense of community in their classrooms. I think we have an advantage over that at home. I often say to do as much together as a family as you can. Do warm-up time together, skills practice with each child working at their own pace or on their own skills, and even main lessons. Most homeschoolers find that trying to stack grade level lessons one after the other is not sustainable. So if you, the more children you have, the less sustainable this is. So what I mean by that is it is very hard to first teach your, your second grader and then have them go do something while you teach your fifth grader and then you teach your seventh grader. That's really hard to sustain. And the more children you have, the harder that becomes. So we need to get creative, right, in how we bring the Waldorf curriculum home. And this is where Waldorf-inspired homeschooling has grown the most, I would say, in the past 25 years. And where we can use our own creativity and inspiration to bring our children exactly what they need. We observe them and then we bring them what they need. And we there's so many creative ways to overlap topics from varying grades, to pull out skills practice, even though we might be doing the same block topic for all of our children together. Lots of ways to do it. Next idea is that I want you to let go of worrying about not getting to everything. We all have to skip lessons or even whole blocks sometimes. Teachers in classrooms have to do this too, by the way. But at home, we are more immersed and it's difficult and not very wise to push the pace Our children have a sense of pressure when we do that, and often the learning is compromised as a result. We want to go at our own pace and with our own family's flow. The first child and the last child in each family will have a different experience than the middle children will. That's just the way it's going to unfold. And main lesson blocks for big families might not follow the linear path of the Waldorf grades as it is traditionally laid out. The blocks might meander a bit, but if we focus on forming a vessel for learning, creating the space for learning, 
rather than focusing on filling it, we can get that deep and meaningful learning is more important than covering every topic or doing all of the main lessons. We don't want to create the pace from this sense of that we need to check things off of a checklist. And finally, observation is your form of assessment. If you're using a packaged curriculum, there is a good chance that your child's skill development in math, reading, phonics, spelling, grammar, any of those subjects that it's not going to line up perfectly with the story material and suggested lessons. Even if you're creating your own curriculum, this is something that we want to figure out for each child. And this is perfectly normal. Again, it is not a linear path. Learning is not linear. And there is no such thing as an open and go curriculum. But There are tried and true resources available to help you meet your child where he or she is right now. And the key, observe, observe, observe. All right, here's a quick recap so you can design your Waldorf-inspired homeschool. Think of your day and time buckets, source teaching materials from a variety of places, Create a simple planning system that works for you. Think of your family as your community. You can all learn together. Let go of worrying about not getting to everything. And remember that observation is your form of assessment. If you're ready to experience peace of mind on your homeschooling journey, I have something that can help right away. It's called the Homeschool Simplicity Bundle. You can find more details in the show notes at artofhomeschooling.com slash episode 120. Thanks so much for joining me today and all the best to you on your Waldorf-inspired homeschooling journey. See you next time. That's all for today, my friend. But here's what I want you to remember. Rather than perfection, let's focus on connection. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Art of Homeschooling podcast. 